world. Oh, we're in Estevar to dig. Ah, Sean, I've been practicing this in secondary school. <laughs> oh, my bad, my it. bad. I got so excited. I got so excited. Go ahead, go ahead. I was hoping my career as an advert voiceover was coming to life. But to the point, we are going to Barcelona for Paddy's Day. They have changed the date of the marathon. So we now have the extra days leave. We have no excuses. PBs are there to be had from the 14th to the 17th of March, 2025. Myself and Sean are filling a bus. 56 people will be leaving Dublin Airport and heading to Barcelona. I am making a T-shirt for the trip. It's going to be Eric approved. I cannot guarantee the medals. That's where I draw the line. Prices are still the same, but we do need to book by June 7th. So if anyone is thinking about coming, has signed up and pre-registered, you need to book this week. And if you're listening this week, you have to put your money where your mouth is on this one because we cannot guarantee the prices after this weekend. Aer Lingus, if you're listening, fuck off. Don't change anything, but that is what we are doing. So the link to everything is in the bio. You'll be brought straight to the WeTransfer. If you're traveling with a supporter, if you're traveling on your own and willing to share, or if you just want your own room, we have every option available and it's going to be a fantastic weekend. Like Eric said, the link to that is in our Instagram bio at any given Runday podcast. With that said, it's this week's episode of the Any Given Runday podcast. Let's go. Easy, how are Johnny. I, I mean, have to say, Sean, I, I'm not, I'm not happy. I had to get one of those brain tickling COVID tests. Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm not happy. Well, it's not. I've no symptoms or anything. Fully vaccinated. I have to get it for work. I'm traveling with work, and and the, the place where we're going requires you to have a, a negative PCR on top of all the others. And I was just like, I thought I was done with this. <laughs> so, so it's, oh. instead of. I mean, right now we're recording this on Saturday afternoon. So instead of having like a uh, barrel of water up your nose going for a swim and stuff, you had that fucking big thing stuck up your nose yeah. and both nostrils instead. Yeah, yeah. How the tables have turned on the day. All right. It's just, yeah. Yeah, look, start the show. We'll crack you until I'm not waiting. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I want to build into this. I mean, you, you had like a. <laughs> You know, two full weeks, you know, two, three, four weeks of training and you were going like six, seven days at it because you, you were, the last time we talked, obviously we were talking last week because of the wedding, uh, but you were you were in a bit of pressure trying to catch up for this whole, you know, triathlon event, the first one of the year. And then uh, with less than two weeks ago, it, it gets pulled because let's say it was definitely road closures and nothing else. Yeah, it was... Um... That's really annoying. Like I was cruising. I was. Now I was worried about the swim and whatever else, but I was doing well. And the, the fitness is coming up, uh cardiovascularly coming up. The body was holding on for dear life. But I was I was actually I was actually fairly confident with momentum I had going into it. Um I probably would have beaten my time from my first year I did it because yeah. I knew what I was getting into and I knew where I was and I, I just it's just how heartbreaking. Like it's finally, I'm like, okay, I, I get, I'll get the, I'll knuckle down for five weeks until or six weeks it was until this, and then, yeah, road road closures. Um, yeah, I have a lot to give out about. I do. I have a lot to give out. About. <laughs> let's uh, let's start the show and uh, DJ spin that shit, and we'll get warmed up here now. <laughs> Okay, guys, on Eric's thought of him probably getting his best ever result in the triathlon and not getting there, uh, we're going straight into today's intro of the Any Given Monday podcast. (laughs) 
So you probably would have would have got it in. And since we can't really keep bringing up events, because every time we bring up an event, one was supposed to do an event over the last 18 months, it has gotten cancelled. So for those of you listening in, um, it looks like the, the run Galway Bay is going to go ahead, but I promise neither myself or Eric will sign up to it, because if we do, it won't go ahead. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the Kakeni one recently got cancelled the half marathon one me and you have done before but none of us has ever done the the, the run Galway Bay so hopefully for those of you listening doing that that goes ahead and before we start those of you this weekend or uh, probably you're listening on Monday over the past weekend did the Kerry Ultra uh, obviously down Kerry unbelievable effort on, the, on that one it was a 60k 90k and a 200k run some people are after doing this weekend down in Kerry uh, un- unbelievable unbelievable but Today, since Eric, you're all riled up and stuff like that, I wasn't too sure what to talk about since we can't talk about events. So I did a little bit of Googling and I came up with five five to six controversial running topics. That's all I put into Google, controversial running topics. And these couple of things came up. So, you know, they might be controversial. We might just agree with them. We're not going to get too controversial on, on it or, or, or too politically incorrect or anything like that. But came up with a couple of things have a little back and forth, see how it goes. We might just agree on everything and that, and that might be a very um, dull and mundane show, but then again, it may not. And, and speaking of, just in case it is a dull and mundane show, we do have, uh, we've said this before, we've had had competitions before, but not like this. We have a hell of a competition coming up for you guys, uh, but we're not going to tell you about it until the end of the podcast. So you got to get through the, these next couple minutes myself and Eric. So, Hold on, before you start, before you start, before I start, in their right mind like a couple of hundred to a thousand maybe even two thousand people are going to a tie to do a triathlon who in either the council or whatever else decides we're gonna we're gonna close the road or do major works now i don't know whether it was closed beforehand or whether they didn't work enough to get it done but my god you're just out of a pandemic local businesses are struggling. You have an event bringing so many people over two days to do an event, revenue to the area, all the stewards, all the gigs, all the DJ, the music, whatever else that comes with it. And then the road is closed, so you can't do the triathlon <laughs> like this. Absolutely ridiculous. It is absolutely Dude. Irish at its very best. Like, it's, ah, oh, I have to say. But we always do it. Uh, well, I mean, I... I work okay. out in um, a, a, a gym. What's going to say in Kildare? People know what it is, but I'm not going to mention it anyway. Um, and, and last year, they dug up all the roads at pretty much the start of September when school's now coming back. And it was an absolute nightmare to get through the village. And they did the exact same thing again this year. Like three different parts of the village in one go. Just turned it up. J- June, July, August. Nah, not a hope. Summer holidays, man. Not happened. Uh, yeah. But once it starts to get busy and stuff around the area again, dig up the roads, make life more fun. So it, it's happening up and down the country, not just in Atai, but like, uh, good to see same, people busy back at work. These same people, you know, oh no, affect them, no. Uh, these same <laughs> people are the very ones that tell you, oh, you, you can't build a, a standalone house out there in the country because, you know, we need to really plan how we do towns and we need to, we need to plan all this stuff, all this planning and a board planola and county council planning board. And then they shaft local commerce because of a bad plan. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, anyway, any councillors listening to me there, fucking torture lives. <laughs> this is <laughs> Oh, 
I'm absolutely disgusted. You know, like, I, there's been so many events we've tried to do, Sean, and I was like, I was confident. I wasn't going to be superb at it, but the training was good, but I, I do feel the frustration. I, I understand why people are not training. I understand why people yeah. are just, for some reason, just giving up. They're already looking at Christmas and going, ah, Sherlock, we'll pick it up again in January. <laughs> like it, It's... It's so difficult. It is so difficult. Oh. It's been a massive rant out of me. But yeah, I, I, I can't understand that. Now, maybe I'm being harsh on the councils. Maybe it's an organisation or the the, organisa- the organisers problem. They didn't look into it. And I know the event is usually in June and we're now looking at it in um, September. So I don't know. Maybe maybe there was something there. But it's just it's just another kick um, for a lot of people. A lot of people were looking forward to that. A lot of people trying to do the first triathlon as well we had speaking and reaching out to us and it was just yeah it's just unfortunate but hopefully i'm not going to mention the event i'm doing for fear it's cancelled but <laughs> the my eyes are now moving to may of next year may of next year won't be in ireland but yeah it's um that's that's where the focus is now switching and uh yeah we'll we'll, we'll be putting it onto the instagram and, and and the training plans will kick in place and people can follow along if they so wish <laughs> no 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 we will we will try we'll try and move on hopefully there's no road closures no road works wherever you're doing it in may but there's loads of times no, it's, it's, it's not in ireland so probably it'll be fine so long-winded with this question just to annoy you even more so <laughs> um I've heard Bill Burr talk before about P- PDs in sports. And he's like, ah, just, just load them up with PDs or everyone's going to leave playing fields in there. Now, obviously, you put it like that, it's like, oh, that doesn't sound a good idea. But there's this book out there called The Sports Gene. Don't I'm guessing the PD is... PD, sorry, uh, performance-enhancing drugs. Okay. So basically, performance-enhancing drugs for events. I mean, especially since we're talking about running, I mean, the Olympics back in, was it 88 with Carl Johnson and all them? Could be wrong on that. Whereas the, it turned out like everyone was on PDs back then doing doing the hundred meter sprint. Anyway, there's this book called The Sports Gene where they talk about how you know you, different people have different advantages anyway. Not no matter what we do. So like there's three different uh, lessons you can take from the book. So like for example, you may be born with the body type to do a swimmer. Like Michael Phelps has feet like fucking flippers, not flippers. Help me out here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go on. Do flipper, things back your feet. Flipper. Yeah. Uh, and uh, like if you're a basketball player, if you're like under six foot six, you're probably not going to be a basketball player. You got like, so like there's advantage there in that respect. Um, according to this book, sometimes uh, endurance and motivation is also genetic factors that can influence how much you can come, um, how good you can get at sports. Doesn't really seem like a gene, but seeing how, how you're brought up, your, 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 your brain makeup can help in that department. And that's going to put some people at an advantage. And then other people, we've talked before about this, like altitude training, parts of the country, parts of the world you're living in. Um, some places like a lot of Africans do very well in, in running events because of their running environment. So they're genetically superior. So I thought I'd kick off this straight away with, should there be more PEDs in sports? They could put people more in even playing field. I think Tommy Ternan, uh, this is one of his skits a few years ago, saying uh, we should have the drug Olympics, you know. Jack everyone up and let them come out. They'll they look like they have Parkinson's walking to the the start line. They'd be <laughs> the start. Um, but yeah, I think Tommy Tiernan had that skip. But um, should they be allowed? I don't know. I think there's. Well, no, 
know is the like when you're looking at something like the the Olympics, I think it's very hard to go, yeah, like you know, if we let everyone have it, because then there is that enhanced, chemically enhanced edge. You know, like some people have all the different kind of advantages of training elsewhere, but every kind of Olympic committee or Olympic team knows that like Irish athletes are training in Spain, they're training in wherever else, they're going to the heat, they're going to the altitude, they're matching everyone else that's doing this. Okay, born in Galway, they don't necessarily have the same advantage as someone born in Denver, Colorado, you know, and, and doing their training in the athletics club there all their life, you know, so... yeah. Um, but I think when you add in a chemical, it's then which is the best Pfizer, which is the best, you know, manufacturing company. It's same as the Nike runners over, you know, like you, when you if you had to strip it down to the bare bones and the bare athlete, that's that sport. That is sport. And it wouldn't be as fun as a spectator to go. They're after having that in them. They're after having this in them. However if you take an athlete who is possibly saying, look, do you know what? I'm coming to the end of my career. I'm kind of want to step away from the official Olympics or the official kind of running a track circuit, whatever. And I want to compete against other people to see how far we can push our bodies. That's a documentary. It's not necessarily sport, but I would mm. pay money to watch what happened. Um, I, I think, I think that's how I feel about it. So yeah, I don't know. What do you think? Well, I mean, if everyone's on an even playing field, it'd be similar to the, the Formula One one or not with the, the cars and stuff. Look, I, I actually, I, I couldn't agree to it, to be totally honest, because I, I'm like the last Boy Scout in terms of stuff that's gone to my body, apart from a, a ton of whiskey over the years. Um, but I, I don't know if I, I could agree to it. But I understand having that even, even playing field. I just think it's it's too hard to build up to that, that even playing field. But I do think people find ways of, of, of changing the system. Like a, a lot of people, they have intentionally having their testosterone lower so they can build, like when they get tested. So in, in some sports, they can get their testosterone up because uh, with different levels of testosterone. So I do think people are trying to make the system. But the real reason I asked that question was because it, it, it switches to the next part about having advantages and stuff. And we have touched on this before. Um, it's the Nike Vaporflies types of runners. So yeah. if you're able to have an even playing field here, should we build up so everyone has uh, carbon-plated uh, footwear? Uh, just for people who, who didn't listen to that podcast, it was over a year and a half ago, just some quick things with the Nike Vaporflies. They uh, are carbon-plated um, carbon plated runner so they have a certain amount of inch uh, millimeters plate in in the runners to help people go faster they have been proven to help to decrease marathon times by up to four percent so back in 2019 when we had all the the marathons going um before covid and all that out of the 36 podium finishes in the big six uh marathon runs 31 to 36 were ran with people wearing the nike vapor flies uh paula radcliffe and Ilya kipchoge uh, both set world records in them, the marathon, as well as uh, Kipchoge's under two-hour marathon where he did it at his own thing. So some people are like, well, that's an, that's an advantage. What's the difference between putting PDs in your runners and putting PDs in the body? Well, I suppose a pair of runners is 180 euros. So you can get a pair of runners. Everyone can wear the runners. Um, but when you go into the research and development of a drug and how it interacts with different individuals, should take the, the COVID vaccine like how differently it reacts to every different person. Like you are putting something inside your body that is reacting with your 
um, internal organs with your internal makeup, you can't guarantee it an even playing field because everybody is molecularly like so different. So with a pair of shoes, they can be made from a factory all the same. So, you know, you can guarantee a standard of equality in the shoe if everyone's wearing the same shoe. Um, you can't guarantee that if me and you get a dose of something, it might react totally different to both of us. I'm still not paying 250 euro to wear a, a pair of Nikes to, to run around the, the the roads around here and getting destroyed in a couple of sessions. So <laughs> a lot of people that that's, I mean, for myself, for clear that, that that's a lot of money. So for it, it, like with, with money co- changes that playing field again, for, for some people they have all the best doctors and all the best training and stuff and all the rest. And that's why they're not even playing that. That's why it, it changed the playing field for one compared to the other. So, I think no matter what, you're not going to get an even playing field in that situation. With, no, with it things, is. So. Yeah, it is. It is hard, but you know, at the same time, like four percent. When you're comparing them against athletes, they're all going to kind of wear them. When you look at the marathon, like all of them had the same shoes on. You know, like so. So now it's yeah. kind of back to who's just a better athlete, like, and then and then there becomes the theory on the day of how they run their race, like, okay, well he has his vapor flies on, but can he go this fast this early? You know, like so. Um, there is still the yeah. sporting element there. There is still the the game plans of other athletes that kind of scare and get in the heads of other other athletes, particularly over the longer distance and the margins in the Tokyo Olympics were actually great to watch because it was younger athletes that were pushing the more experienced ones and pushing them in places that they were probably like, oh, this doesn't happen this early usually, you know. So um, world champions were falling back majorly because younger athletes had just gone for it in their first marathon, you know. So um, there's that element to it, you know, the shoes. The shoes are only very one element. Drugs. Like you go back to even the cycling days when they were doing the the blood doping, they were taking out blood and then putting themselves back into more oxygenated blood. You know, like it's mm. it's all it, it is all the same. But then the whole lot of them were doing it. So really, did anyone have an advantage? You know, like it was. Um, that goes back to the original point, then, doesn't it? If they're all doing it, then yeah. I, but, but I don't know if they can test for. Uh, for example, like if they're all illegal substances and stuff like that, you can't reduce really uh, that much research uh, on them uh, on how much they're affecting each person and how much the dosage is because it's all trial and error. Yeah, uh, definitely. And but look, I think if I was an athlete performing that level, I would hate to think of a country that had a bigger research and development budget than Ireland was competing against us in the Olympics. You know, like it's at least you know if it's. It's just us and singlets and shorts. I might have yeah. a chance, you know. So I think for the good of sport, you kind of has to, you kind of have to keep the the chemicals out of it, I suppose. Yeah. Well, that's why. Um, I just see that documentary Icarus talked about the, the the Russian teams and the the stuff behind the walls and all the rest, the fast things through, and and they technically didn't have a um a um representing the Olympics this year even though the flag was the same I think they're the same did they have the same national anthem when they won medals and stuff like that like no it was still... I, don't, I don't think they played a national anthem for them I'm not sure I, I, I must look back and I actually never seen a Russian win anything if that makes sense I never um, yeah wherever bet you're watching yeah 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 so um, I'm not sure I know it was the Russian Olympic Committee or something more OC yeah um, I'm actually not sure what they played I'm actually not sure because I don't think they can play the national anthem because they're not huh. I don't know I'll look into that yeah so, so I probably should have looked in before bringing it up right now yeah. the podcast but here we are we'll move swiftly on 
Um, I suppose people, that's... We're probably, people are probably listening in the car going, actually, did they? So, you know, we'll, we'll find out. We'll find out. We'll find out. We'll find out. Uh, we'll move on. Um, one of the... When we go back to actually just running for people that can, that can think about uh, um, for, for themselves, their own training plan, is the topic of junk miles. So junk miles would be, is more miles always better than training plan? For, so, for example, uh, should you just keep you adding on the miles each and every week, like 40 miles, build the 50, build the 60, take it in the account that you're building the right way. Is there a limit or should you just keep trying adding on or is, is quality of workouts better? So keeping that 40 miles, but you might start changing paces and different things like that. Um, I had one opinion on this but before we start doing this podcast. It's probably changed. But I'll let you go first. Okay, well, the Russian anthem, national anthem was not played. They played classical ah. music whenever they won gold. Um, so yeah, whenever a Russian athlete won, they uh, yeah they played classical music. Bit of Hans Zimmer there. Yeah, they probably got something great. <laughs> yeah. Um. So to answer, junk miles. I think. Um, I, there's a couple of different ways I'd look at this mileage definitely helps but at what heart rate is is where okay. it where it's going for like if if I'm running miles at 170 and 180 and 170 and 180 you're going to burn out and in that case it, too much miles is bad miles whereas if I'm able right. to maintain that heart rate lower then obviously more time on the on the road is better the endurance bracket is building you know you're and then you're 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 operating in a heart rate zone that allows you to train the next day as well. So, to me, it comes down to what your body is reacting to what you're doing. Um, so it's called putting miles in the legs, but to me, that's the old-fashioned way. Before we knew a lot about heart rate training, to say you're going low and slow, you're keeping your heart rate low, you're not going at a blistering pace, you're just you're just putting miles into the legs. But in actual fact, you're you're training your heart rate, you're keeping it low. You're building your endurance zone. Um, so, yeah, I, is there junk miles? There's no such thing as a bad run. Um, there's no such thing as a bad workout, in my own opinion. Um, so yeah. if, if it gets people out and if they're, if they're feeling okay, then I don't think it's a bad. But if you're, if you're upping it to a point where you're, you're starting to feel fatigued, you're now no longer sleeping right, you don't feel rested the next day, then you're starting to get into what I would consider junk miles then that you're actually inhibiting your progress and you're causing yourself to regress in terms of your training ability and your capacities. Yeah, I think it comes to a certain point where you, you, the miles, you're doing miles for sake of miles where you could be doing cross training, you could be doing some work in the gym or different things like that where that could benefit your run on the road. Uh, the heart rate is... Is, is pretty it's, much what I was taking as well on that one because my old my old thing was um you know lower the miles but run as hard as you can so you're you're getting great sessions in now obviously I've changed my opinion on that because I got so many injuries and you know running too much and too soon and we've talked about that I've, we've pretty much hit that that point a lot over the last uh, couple of podcast episodes as in like all oh, them really we've we've gone back to that but yeah I I, I think. Yeah, sometimes, I mean, I don't think seven days a week running is, is going to be necessarily great to you unless you build up a long time over time to that. And even still, I, I would rather max it out at four to five and then get the strength training in and then just 
have your training plan so your 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 harder strength training sessions are on days where you're doing lighter runs and then there's a bit of a gap between your lighter runs and your training i know that's not always the case i think for some people they, if they're going to get it in a two-hour session they're going to do their, their strength training for the first 45 minutes and then hit the, hit the road for a run and i do think you're going to lose elements of, of the benefits of both of those sessions as opposed to if you did the, the run in the morning and, and the strength training the evening but it's not that's not practical for everyone so i suppose Try to get that balance. In my opinion, it's a little bit better than none at all, but some people may argue that. I am one that adds in the run at the end of my weight session, and I'm not going to argue with you on it because um, when you do a weight session, you feel the pump, as they say. You feel bigger, you feel stronger. At that point, take on your protein and allow the, the extra calories to burn as your muscles are still screaming out for the nutrition to recover. I get on the treadmill and by the time I'm off the treadmill, the pump is gone. Uh, I'm leaner looking, you know, like you, yeah. I, I've asked the body to go and do something else. And, um, you know, when you work your upper body, say, for example, on a chest day, and I've worked it to its extreme, it's it is crying out for the attention it needs from the body. And then I go and put more exertion on it. So, um, but unfortunately, is it like it was either... I don't do it, but I said I'd go back doing the weights, but I kind of had to do it. You know, like it's, yeah, it had to be done in the same period of time. Um, but at the same time, for me, it's not about building big muscles. It was about building muscular endurance as well. So I'm going to have to do a swim and then go do a cycle and then go do a run. So for me, doing weights and then going for a 5K run and treadmill for 20 minutes, it's not too beyond the realms of what I'm going to continuously ask my body to do over the course of training. Like, you know, you're using your chest, your back, your shoulders, you know, yeah. you're, you're doing everything in the swim. Then you're on the bike, it's all legs. And then you're using the whole body for the run. So it's, it's, um, but the benefits of, I suppose, kind of localized strength training, localized injury prevention training, that is good to just take your time to do. Don't be fatigued, get it done, recover, then train. If you are a professional athlete and have all that time, absolutely. If you don't you can mix, yeah. you do it, the same thing, your body will adapt. Your body will be able to do it. You will get used to it. Um, yeah, it is it is two different. That's that's my opinion on it. Um, ideally, in an ideal world, if people don't have kids, jobs, skills, demands, and you can train three times a day with a couple of hours and good nutrition in between each, each isolated session, then yeah. that's brilliant. But, until then like you just kind of have to accept you won't get the full gains you weren't you're not going to be Arnold Schwarzenegger and you're also not going to win a 400 meter sprint but you can you can find that balance uh, in between I think to your point the I, I I find it easier to do a strength session and then the easy miles afterwards but I mean I I never mean years not that I never mean years but I, I would like to think that I wouldn't just I wouldn't have the energy and the demands for it to do like a a strength session and then start doing intervals, I probably wouldn't have the headspace still because it's just so off putting to have two insane sessions. But I think one of the reasons that, uh, to, to your point, having the strength session first is because it's more demanding, it's more risk of injury. Whereas as the easy run, you can slow it down, working your heart rate, and your heart rate determines how hard it's going to be. Whereas if you're in a gym, you know you want to hit a certain weight that you may have hit before. You're not always going to have a, a PB session every session but you want to hit certain weights and stuff. And, and and there's different external forces that would dictate 
that session whereas you could just go heart rate and if you're slower that day because you did a hard workout before that then you're slower that day but you're still putting the miles in the legs as opposed to you know getting a run in all of a sudden you just feel dead dog tired and you're lifting light a lot lighter than you should have that you normally would have in the gym and you're just going to feel like crap because of it whereas you're, the run the runs a run once you get five miles in the goals get five miles in whereas the goals change in the gym switching on from that and i think this is I think I know your answer on this one already because I think it's how you feel and the importance of stretching and how much you really do before and after. Um, Genuinely, I've gotten a lot better at it. Have Um, you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just, I'm at that point now where I I just have to grow up and and just, if I want to be in this game long, I have to start looking after myself now. And I was only, I was re-listening to David Goggins' book in the car, the audio book. I was just listening to it again and and realising how mad he is for the second time. But the, um, he talks about his injuries and his muscles was that he never stretched. It was like stretching iron, you know, it was just absolute agony and pain. And to be honest, I don't want to get to that stage. I want to, I want to be able to continue this for a very long period of time. And, look after the body so I've actually started to get um, sports massages of uh, one of our guys who usually does work with us Renan um, oh, really? so I try and get one of them every two weeks and I'm and there's no point in in spending money on, on getting these massages if I'm not going to stretch in the meantime but it's gotcha. made a phenomenal difference and maybe look call it placebo call it whatever you want but as long as you feel you good feel it? then it's a for you um, but my recoveries have been a hell of a lot better um, sleeping a lot better um, I don't have the same kind of the only way you get pains in your necks and shoulders and the build up of tension don't really have them anymore because I'm staying on top of it um, and it's just it's actually just really nice to be in that state where any niggles are kind of getting nipped in the bud because yeah. you know the muscles are then getting massaged out they're being stretched and and I'm doing my single leg squats and stuff to make sure everything is firing the way I want it to be. Um, so yeah, it's 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 something I've very much changed. Um, I have to take it serious. Um, and I'm very big on the stretching, especially I'm finding it after the bike because I'm to be fairly tired. So <laughs> I actually, what I do is part of the routine. I put my bottle between my legs, and then I yeah uh, I just sit with my legs spread around the bottle, and I just start at the toes and just breathe and just practice breathing it's kind of like a yoga pose but it kind of is like right just relax focus on the deep breathing and then similar to the podcast we did a few weeks ago I sit up straight and I kind of stick my fingers into the muscles into the stomach and then I I lower myself down again and I breathe and relax and eventually I just kind of embrace the sweat that's on me at the time and it's kind of nice it's kind of a nice way to end it and I think stretching is a mentality. I think we're always doing this whole, oh, I need to go here. I need to do this. I have 45 minutes to do that. If you have 45 minutes to do your workout, do a 35-minute workout and take 10 minutes to appreciate what you've done and stretch and relax and let yourself come down to a nice level, take on water. And it's it actually, it adds to the experience of working out. It really does. Workout, again, stops becoming a chore, becomes the, the meditation, you know? So, yeah. Um, I have been a lot better, a hell of a lot better than I've ever been. Um, and even in work and lulls and work, I'll kind of sit onto my heels um, with my feet flat and trying to open up the space in my hips and stuff. It's um, it's a really big thing for me because most of my time is spent sitting down or strapped into something, you know. So 
opening up the hips and the hammies is is a very important thing for longevity and everything longevity in in the career and in in uh gotcha. in trying to trying to keep into the sports yeah i'm a big fan of the the breed and the resets and stuff like that the complete up op- I, I say that but yesterday i went for a, a 12k run i picked the most hilliest of, of routes I could, I could do and i was just about through the whole thing and I had a look at my time I was like something wrong with that time I'm not too sure what it is and I looked at the phone to see what the actual time was and I'm like oh I was supposed to be leaving the house in 15 minutes and I'm, I'm a good five minutes away from the house I'm supposed to get showered and all cleaned up and I literally I got back to the house and I was lit they're like where the hell are you I'm like oh, I took a wrong turn going for a run went left or went right whatever I made up an excuse <laughs> so, I had me shower cleaned up threw a pair of jeans a t-shirt on me and out of the door I went and by the time I got out of the car, like we'd pick someone up and drive somewhere else. We went to the, the manor actually. We went for for a gig last night. By the time I got out of the car, forty five minutes later, and I actually calmed down. The body temperature came back down. One, I wasn't taking a hang out of jacket, so it was pretty cold. But two, more importantly, I was just stiff and sore. Like my hips were just in bits. It was like literally just a case of not slowing down at the end, getting that reset, getting that bit of relaxing stuff. And I can talk about how there's not many studies for stretching and different things like that that have that proven to, to actually work. But to your point, you just get to relax at the end of a run, reset, take it all in, get your breathing work in, get a few stretches in, and you, you feel better. And when I do it at the end of wrong runs, I do feel better. The problem is when I get to a long run, I'm like, oh, thank God. And I get a drink and I just get a shower. And then I'm sitting down like a half hour later. I'm like, didn't stretch. I feel pretty stiff and sore now. And I feel stiff and sore for a day if I don't do it. So that that that's just on my end. Uh, to wrap it up, something that myself and yourself probably won't have to deal with for, for quite a while. Um, at what age should children start taking sport particularly seriously? And there's two things to this. Tiger Woods grew up with a golf club in his hand. I think we can all agree that he's he's one of the best golfers of all time. The other case of it is a lot of people will burn out. And obviously, I don't have too many examples of that because they burnt out before they got professional level. But we know people in our own, our own walks of life that were like mad into this sport, just lived and breathed the sport. And they got to a certain age and just burnt out or weren't as good as they thought they could have been for, for a load of different reasons. But we do have some examples. I suppose one of them is, there's a lot of them in American football, but a lot of people won't get the reference. But one of them in tennis was uh, Bjorn Borg who was like a teenage sensation in tennis and he won a couple of women and stuff like that, but he retired at the age of 26. So that was due to burnout. And then he tried to come back four years later and it just didn't work out for him as well as the standard he had set. So with all that said, let's say you got a kid in a couple of years and they're six, seven years old. They're really getting to run. They're really doing well. What do you do with that kid? The two options um, would be to... I was just go ahead. I had a chance to for me. I have thought about it, and um, Jesus, I suppose yeah, I did because it's actually you know you, you we're looking at kids with skateboarding talent that are winning gold medals in the Olympics at twelve years of age or thirteen mm. years of age. You know, like it's. But I think for me, it's a case of I'm going to throw them into everything. I'm going to put them yeah. into swimming, gymnastics, football, hurling, whatever they want. Um, and let them try as much sports as they want. And um, while they have all that energy to burn, you know, like off you go, try this. And then it's a case of which one do you like? Do you know, because if they don't like it, there's no point in forcing them to do it. That's when I, I think parents are kind of forcing their dream onto kids. And you can also look at the likes of David Beckham. David Beckham's dad was quite harsh on him and, and drilling them and drilling them and drilling them in the back garden. 
but now look how much he's worth and he's had a phenomenal yeah. career and and he has a phenomenal talent but because of the external pressure but like that it's a very, there's a lot more of the I'd say probably I'll throw a figure on it 80% of those stories don't actually work out too well for the person 20% maybe do um, I suppose Tiger Woods is very lucky in the sense from a young age probably had a big back garden in the United States <laughs> off you go with your golf club in the back and just <laughs> You know, it's it's not exactly, you know, up at six o'clock in the morning to go swimming for two hours and then going to school and whatever. You know, I'm not taking away from what it is, but it's um, I suppose it depends on the demand of the sport. You know, like if you're looking at yourself as a rugby player, realistically, all those hits, you're not going to have a very long career. So yeah, you need to you need to, you need to kind of make as much money as you can you know uh, in the in the space you can okay you have phenomenal athletes like uh, Ronaldo has come back still making money for himself and is still worth a fortune because he is the ultimate athlete professional everything about his life is about yeah. the sport his nutrition everything else, you know so I don't know I think for me it's let them try as much as they want and develop their natural abilities for anything they do in life. I think everything is good. I think gymnastics we go for their balance and their fear of heights and yeah, everything else, you know. So uh, swimming, I think, is a vital skill for everyone to have, at least be able to tread water. Right. So they'll be doing that. And then whatever field sports they want to do or like or horse riding, whatever it is, to give it all a go. And, um, and then whatever they really, really like. You know, kids are very honest. So they'll say... Like even my nephew's seven and I was like, oh, he does the football and hurling. They, they do both while they're in this kind of junior age. And he's like, oh, I don't really like the football one. I like the, the one with the sticks. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, 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 okay. You know, like, so he's already more interested in one than the other. So would you force him to play football? Probably not. You know, like he's, he, he doesn't really like it, you know. So, um, but it's, yeah, for me, it's a case of throwing him into everything. And then the more stuff you throw them into they actually become more of a rounded athlete as well yes you know, you're developing all their muscles you're developing all their skills if they're swimming they're learning to control their breathing if they're on horses they're learning about their balance so you're you're not actually doing a bad justice to them and then when they reach their de- proper developmental years then as they enter into their teens and when let's be honest most sport prodigies start to shine uh, then you just let them do what they like I suppose and try and support them I think be the be the taxi driver to all of these events and and whatever mm-hmm. else, but that would be my intake. And it was kind of the how it was with sport with me. We were thrown into everything, and then we we tended to be better for me. It was the soccer, and in fairness to my dad, he brought me to all the training sessions all over Dublin and this, that, and the other, and dropped me when I was sixteen, League of Ireland. You know, dropped me to the bus to get dropped yeah. drive to to sit on a bench to come back and get on a bus and go home and be in school all week you know so it's um it's slightly different it is yeah but i think let them try it all find out what they like and and what they're good at and what they're good at might necessarily be what they like but um as long as they're happy that's all you can do really i suppose as a parent but i wouldn't be one to be pushing them or trying to make them be a triathlon world champion just because maybe i would have liked them to be in a second life but yeah you can't, you can't do that to them. You can't do it, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. Do the, the, the way you answer that, it, it it makes it very very hard to argue against. So I won't. Uh, it's been a yeah. long podcast. So I won't. <laughs> but that said, we'll go straight on. I suppose I don't know if you, if you want to talk about this because uh, you know a little bit more about better than I do at the moment. Uh, the big competition we have for everyone, 
that, that that's coming up over the next week or so. Uh, no, I'll let you talk about it. Great, well, I'll get your text up, so, so I'm going to refer to the text. <laughs> I knew I'd catch up with that one. But I do <laughs> just to finish on that point while you're getting up the text, um, I think if you have someone, a parent who is involved in a sport, so you look at Peter Schmeichel, goalkeeper, his son, Casper Schmeichel, famous goalkeeper yeah. now, they do have an advantage because you have a parent who's in the know and that whole thing a monkey see, monkey do, when you see someone doing all of this stuff and you have the advantage and you're starting to get some of the knowledge in the back garden ahead of the other kids you're you're gonna have an advantage and and hopefully your skill sets and your your talents develop to match the the advantage you've had um it'll be absolutely amazing it would be it would be brilliant but the last point i suppose on that is the what i will do is i will still be involved in sport because um i know some a few of us talked about was I want to be that role model in their life that exercise is really important and exercise is something we all do together and exercise is the most important part of your day, you know, and uh, and no matter what it is, you know, and I think if you do that, then you, you've set them on a good path to to be involved in sport um, or whatever the case may be. Now, if, yeah. they want to make, if they want to make millions playing Minecraft and YouTube and look after me in retirement, I equally don't mind. It doesn't bother me, but, you know, um, yeah, so that's 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 all I have to say about that there now. Right, fair enough, fair enough. We, we, we'll move on since that's, uh, I almost have everything together. So we've teamed up with um, on Instagram at designs underscore by underscore SD, so our good friend Sinead, and she has put up some pretty cool things on her Instagram story. Um, any given the training day, water bottles and bags and different things like that. And through her Instagram page, we are running a competition, a couple of different prizes. So it is September, like Eric talked about being role models, getting back into different things. And with the, I suppose the summer, we've had a good time over the summer. We've had a few beers, we've had a few gigs or whatever. And kids are back at school. Like we just talked about kids there a second ago. It's time to get back into our training, getting towards the, the winter miles for summer smiles, as we've said before. So we've got three giveaways and it's true Sinead's page. We will have a tag on the Instagram stories in case you didn't catch what I just said there a second ago. So the first prize, there's going to be a feel good package uh, valued at 160 euros. So we will have a six week training plan for you to kickstart September. That will start in the next couple of weeks. We'll be getting in touch with people who win this competition. So we have a six week training plan. Plus you get your uh, any given training day bag and water bottle. And along with that, Sinead has also created a perfect party pack. She calls to celebrate the end of the six weeks. This thing I love. I want to have the competition myself for these days. <laughs> so she has uh, six best-selling handcrafted cocktails from the Irish Cocktail Company. That's at Irish Cocktail Company on Instagram in 200 milliliter bottles. She has two personalized jam jar cocktail glasses. Those are low. I just just skip the six weeks for me. I'm going straight to the end of six weeks for that. <laughs> um, a neon party light, reusable, eco-friendly, color-changing straws personalized cocktail jug with reusable ice cubes and a shaker and accessories. I want the ice cubes. We, we all never have ice cubes in this house. I, 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 every time, like we need to get reusable ice cubes and we always forget about getting them. So that prize alone is pretty cool. But through her page, we've also got two other pretty cool prizes. And the second one valued at 90 euro is the six week training plan plus your any given training day bag and bottle. And then you also get two personalized summer champagne flutes. Oh, that's pretty cool. 
Third Eye Prize valued at 60 euro is a four-week yoga training plan through any given training day. We we had and uh, we talked about yoga a couple of podcast episodes ago. So that's a pretty cool one to check back, listen to. Um and we'll go from there. Yeah, that's get- the yoga, yoga with our new yoga instructor Jill. So her yoga classes are kicking off now back to school. So they'll be advertised online as well. And um, so it comes in four week blocks. Um, and uh, yeah, the yoga, the yoga is back and it can be done from the comfort of your own home. So we're giving away that as well to try and encourage people to, to get into yoga. Unreal. And with that, you're getting your, your any given training day bag and water bottle. That's on our Instagram stories moment. It is pretty cool. Um, and that's what you get the third prize. So to enter this competition, the rules are simple, as Sinead says in the post. Um, you got to make sure you're following at, S, at designs underscore by underscore SD. That will be in the, the notes of this podcast. And of course, following us at any given training day. Um, don't forget to tag your friends below and tag Sinead in the stories as well. Yeah, the key one is you Over have to be following... Only. You have to be, you have to be following, yeah, over 18. It's the cocktails. Imagine all, <laughs> all these new child prodigies. We get them hooked on cocktails. <laughs> anyway, Training flag, gone. Gone. But um, yeah, so it's, um, yeah, they, you have to follow both pages, uh, like and share. But um, yeah, once you're following both pages, you are in with a chance to win. Yeah, we will probably, the, the winner will be announced on September 11th. So that's this Saturday coming. Uh, this is an easy day to remember. Yeah, I don't know why though. <laughs> With that said, guys, I think we'll wrap up this week's episode of the Any Given Day podcast. Unless Eric, you've got anything else to add? No, that's me. Thank you very much for listening. That's it from myself and Eric. Take care. <laughs> Bye.